0: The Gospel of Matthew is a story about Jesus. It's a story about Jesus, and uh, it's about events in his earthly life and how those came about. And so in in some ways, it's just event after event after event after event. And even as I've attempted to preach this, uh, you're sometimes wondering, so what should we do? Much of what Jesus said... uh, He wasn't directing us to do anything. He was sharing about himself. And so for some of us, uh, we're always looking for the application. And it's been hard to find sometimes in the book of Matthew. And then we come uh, to the last uh, part, the last account, or the the last uh, kind of punctuation point on the whole book as God intended. God gave us a message through his servant Matthew uh, a record of what Jesus he gives us. So what do we do now? And I've, I've titled my message this morning, The Last Message of the Risen King. And I would even add to that to say the marching orders. The marching orders. So what do we do? Um, a lot of times uh, you, you may have a, a boss who wants to give you a big picture and he tells you a lot of things that are going on and maybe even the philosophy uh, of all that's been happening, and you're you're listening intently, and you're trying to track, um, and then at the end you want to say, "So what do I do now? What do I do now?" And I want to tell you, Jesus is going to tell us this morning what we do now. What we do now after Jesus' earthly ministry is all done, that he's been arrested, it's been tried. He's gone to the cross. He's died. Went to the tomb. He rose again. What do we do now? Jesus is going to tell us. So if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you Matthew chapter 28. Starting at verse 16. God's word says this. Now now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. (laughs) to the end of the age. God, I ask that you'd bless your word in our hearts right now, that it would take root in us and and not just that the words themselves that we would memorize them, but that it would be part of a transformation of our lives, not just on the inside, but that it would redirect us in what we should be about, what we should be doing. God, keep us from pride here this morning saying, "I, I know how to live life. Keep us from... Uh, the, the idea that, that we get discouraged and say this is too hard uh, but cause us to just follow you uh, follow your lead and march to your orders god we thank you uh, for your word and we thank you for your son jesus it's in his name we pray amen Maybe may be seated If you come to this place in our study, uh, and you've been with us, to summarize, you could say this. So we have this new kingdom. It's different than the old one. It's better. Uh, It's, uh, in many ways, turns everything upside down. We have this new king. Uh, He's different than any king we've ever heard of. He's better, superior, but very different uh, than all the kings we've heard of before. And this king went to the cross, he went to the cross and won the battle over sin and death for us through his, through his resurrection. So what do we do now? what's left to say? I want to tell you that um, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't want to tell you I want to acknowledge acknowledge that life is discouraging life is discouraging that uh, it's not. Uh, it's not the perfect environment. It's not a greenhouse. It's not something where we can turn the knob and uh, change the temperature to make it perfect. It's not something where we could uh, flick a switch and with a dimmer and make as much light. We we can't control the atmosphere. We can't. And and even as much as we try, uh, there are things that catch us off guard there are things that upset the apple cart, if you will, that make it difficult. Uh, we may hear the marching orders. We may understand what God wants us to do, but it just feels too difficult. We we say this, when life will change, I'll do it. When life gets easier, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, when uh, m- my health is better, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll seek that. Uh, when uh, my kids are raised maybe i'll i 'll become a part of that maybe uh when the the culture's a little bit different, if it wasn't so difficult i wouldn't i wouldn't have these problems, and we say when it is, then i 'll participate and I want to tell you uh I acknowledge that this morning, uh but there are no contingencies to what we look at today. This is what the lord's doing in verse sixteen, as matthew is uh done many times for us. He's given us a timestamp. And the timestamps tells you where you are, what movements happened, gone from one place to another, and a lot of times who's there. And in this one it says, now the eleven disciples, uh Judas is gone. He has hung himself. Uh, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, uh, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. So he, he had directed them to a place Uh, That they would meet him there. And then in verse 17, uh, it says when they got there, when they saw him, uh, verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Uh, You can imagine, Matthew doesn't give us much of the scene, but he connects even as the ladies, when they saw the resurrected Jesus, they worshiped him. Now the eleven as well worshipped him, but some doubted. And there was some conversation of how can this be? And, uh, you know, is it really him? We saw him buried. How did he get out of it? The, like there were those questions. And Matthew doesn't go into detail, but he acknowledges that those were there. Worshippers and struggling to sort it all out. Doubters. And Jesus, uh, Matthew records for us, God wants us to know what Jesus said to them at that place at that time. And uh, you need to know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, they all record the life of Jesus, but for a different purpose. Sometimes we want to say, why didn't they all say the same thing? They would only need one book for that, right? Right? Uh, but God had a different purpose in that, that, that each book would tell a different portion uh, and really address a different need. And in the book of Matthew, you have this huge idea of him being a new king with a new kingdom. And so Matthew ends for us these marching orders come straight from the king's mouth. And I want to say it this way, the resurrected king, the resurrected king, Um really if you look at um what we've gone through so far um it's almost like you could say it's the pre-king days it's that jesus the time where he wasn't acknowledged and he really didn't take his his rightful ownership and now he does and this is where where we get this and i have three points for you this morning um and I, I love, I love this passage. I think it'll be a blessing for us if we can uh, listen carefully and really think through how this fits in our life. The first thing is this in verse 18. He says, I'm the one to say it. I'm the one to say it. Um. I, I know that most of you are. are um, when you're a kid, you used to say says who, right? Uh, at recess, and with your siblings, and, and with kids, somebody says, you need to do this. And, and you'd say, says who? Says who? I, I, I'm not the, if it's just you, I'm not listening. Uh, it, I, you have no authority over me. And Jesus says something here uh, that's very different than even what he has said before. L- listen to this. He says in verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Whoa. Uh, you, you see, before this passage, uh, as Jesus was speaking in his humiliation, in his humility, uh, the suffering servant, right? The one who, who meekly went about business and he went about healing and serving and, and, and talking uh, in such a way where he was teaching them. And now, as he directs them, really these last messages, this marching orders for them, he says this all authority, all authority. And what, when he says all authority, he's challenging every other authority, every other authority. You know, the Romans were concerned that Jesus was uh, thinking that he was greater than Caesar. He was. The Jews were concerned about their power structure in the, in the, in the temple and who was in charge, the chief priests, and uh, they were worried that Jesus was going to be above them and try to take. He is. He is. But he's not just over this power or that power. He's over you and he's over me. He's over uh, mayors and governors and presidents and and any other. He he is not saying, I have a, a, a simple jurisdiction of this area. He's saying, I'm the one who's over all. I'm over all in heaven and on earth. It's not just an issue for him to say, even just of the earth, but he says overall. He says something without uh, much explanation here that I I just want to spend a moment on. So so Jesus was a, a, a different kind of king prior to this. He humbled himself. He, he went to the cross. He allowed himself to get arrested. He went and marched to the cross without words, right? Without words of defense. In Isaiah chapter 53, it describes him as despised and rejected, rejected, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He took up our pain and bore our sufferings, yet we consider him punished by God, stricken and smitten and afflicted. We, we see that picture of him as a, a king that was persecuted and, and, and showed not weakness, but allowed himself to be punished and, and in the end destroyed. We, we see that. But now it says this. He says all all authority has been in heaven on earth has been given to me. That idea of given to me is he is circling. Life has changed as we know it. The resurrected king is different from the selfless serving suffering king. He is now in that interaction, and we can suppose some things in the interaction of the Father and the Son that He has been given this authority, not by me or you, but by the relationship of the Father and Him going to the cross and winning, winning the resurrection. You look at that and you go, "What, what a fascinating... So now He looks at His 11, His 11 disciples, and He says... I have, I'm the one, I'm going to say something to you and I have all authority to say it to you. Not just in this local environment here, but throughout the whole earth. There's no place I don't have authority. In fact, even outside of this earth, in the heavens, I have authority there as well. And so there's this singular voice of the risen king that, that makes life simple for the disciples right now. They go, oh, he's the one. There's no other authority. There's no one higher that I need to listen to than Jesus and what he has to say for me right now. And that's true for us too. That's true for us too. Be careful. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what shapes you. Be careful the the voices in your head or the culture that you're a part of or the family you're a part of. Uh, Be careful that they're not the ones to shape you, but that you are listening your resurrected king and living uh, not as a part of this kingdom down here, but as a part of this new kingdom, the one he placed before us. I'm the one to say it. Which brings us to verse 19, and I would just say this, go, go. I struggle with this because I've, I've heard many messages um, about how this word go uh is translated and what it's implying and how it's going about things. And um, as you are going, some have translated as you are going. um, And this idea, and some have used this for uh, world missions, the idea of going to the nations, going to the nations away from here, but to the other nations who don't know yet. And there's definitely some application there. But I I, want to tell you that as I look at this, all of our lives are going. All of our lives are moving. I've tried to stop it before. I've tried to do nothing, and it, it still went. It still was going. And, and so there, there's this idea, as I see the 11, uh, and what they did after that, and really the implications of those who came after uh, I'll just say it this way. They lived in certain towns. They knew certain people. They they talked and they had families with particular people in those families. And this comprised the life that they lived. And I, I would say it to you this way. This was their going. This was their going. It's interesting to me. Uh, one, one of the things that I love to hear is, People, their stories, their stories, and stories are kind of family you grew up in, places you've lived, jobs you've had, your marriage, your kids. I, I love hearing that because once you hear that, you can kind of put it together. And some of you have incredibly boring lives, and others quite fascinating. Um, I, I I realize that I'm I'm creeping up. I'm, 48 uh, i'm creeping up on 50 and i realize that i've only lived in the great state of california pathetic pathetic you know how warped someone gets when they've only lived their whole life in the great state of california wow some of you are with me and you think it's okay we, we need to talk we need a support group or something This idea of these things that I've just mentioned, that is your going. Some of you have lived in different places, you've done different things, and that is a part of your going. Uh, Your neighbors, your kids are a part of your going. This is what God has placed in your life as you take steps. These are the people He's put in your path. These are the people that shape you and you shape them. And so, He says, go. He says, go, Therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, is putting together this whole message of Matthew and uh, culminating in the cross, resurrection, and saying, "Now, what you should do is go." A- as you're going, as you're going, therefore, because of what has gone on, because of you have this risen King, go. Therefore, and make disciples. Make disciples. Um, I just want to tell you that whole idea of make disciples, it, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. that That's the thing that we're supposed to be doing. If you wonder what this church is supposed to be about, it's to make disciples. It's to make disciples. So, so this is what I want to talk to you about is making disciples. What does that look like? How do we do that? Um, and we might talk about it a little more, uh, in the summer. If, God so leads, we might take a a series to talk about making disciples. But this idea of of disciple, I I think I talked about it in the weeks prior or something like that. It's the idea of being a follower or a learner of the one you're discipled by. And the idea of following and learning. Remember that Jesus' disciples, they weren't just, remember they left everything. They left everything. They left jobs and family, and and they followed him. And uh, really, they got persecuted because of him, because they were following him. Sometimes when we think of learning, uh, we think of going to college, enrolling in such and such a school, uh, enrolling in such and such a class, and having such and such a teacher. And who, who taught your class? Who taught your biology class? won't pick on biology teachers, Uh, uh, but math class. might pick on math teachers. I don't know. Um, But this idea, I've gone to school, and I want to tell you that most of my education, I didn't go up to the teacher and say, would you disciple me? I want to be like you. I said in my own heart, I want to get out of this class. I want to be done. I want to be done. There was a difference between the disciples and Jesus. They came to Jesus and they said, Give, we want you. We want you. We want you to be in us. We want to know what you know, that it might change us. I want to tell you that's discipleship. It's not enrolling in a class. It's not going through a book. In fact, I was laughing uh, I'm I'm sure many of us have books on discipleship at our home that we haven't read. Um, And maybe we've read even a lot of books on discipleship. But, But that's not necessarily meaning that we're making disciples. Because Jesus called to us, he called to his disciples and he says, make disciples. That's what we're doing here. We're making followers. And I want to say this. He didn't say, hey, make disciples of yourself. He was calling them to make disciples of him. Of him. And so as we consider what we're supposed to be doing, it's to make disciples, to make learners and followers of Christ. It's wholehearted commitment to the person of Jesus. The Disciples didn't enroll in class. They followed him. And what, what that means is this. Uh, he, he tells us. It, it, it's this idea that, that in following him, we would be like him. We'd be like him. He, he says even the, the group we're going to pick from, the nations, the nations. You know what the nations means? Everybody. But it acknowledges that the nations are different. Um, it, it's even interesting to me uh, that there are, people are different in every city, aren't they? I grew up in Santa Barbara. They're different there. Not necessarily in a good way. Uh, uh, they're different there. They're different in Tehachapi. They're different uh, where we lived up in uh, Northern California. Uh, if people are from the South, they're different, right? It shapes them. If you're from Canada or Mexico or or you're from uh, Iran, if you're from uh, Russia, it's going to shape you in a certain way. And what Jesus says is make disciples of everybody, of everybody. And as I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's mostly through the ripple effect, right? The ripple effect of of that disciples are made uh, as people participate in a church and the the church goes out and bumps into people both through their kids and their neighbors and their co-workers and as they hear others will hear people will travel uh you'll get different jobs in different places and you'll go and as you go we only let go of people here that they might be missionaries to wherever they're going you realize right that's what it is And we realize that god brings people here but he also sends people away some uh because of a job, and others because they've been feel like compelled for one particular place—a different city, a different time, even a different country. Make disciples of all the nations. It speaks of uh, the the mark of salvation, the, the the evangelism that comes to fruition, and he he calls to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The uh, the mark, uh, the outward. Uh, sign of the inward uh, change that has gone on and marked by our triune God the God who loves us and is all sufficient for all that we need we go in his name he says in this baptism and uh, even to go on for the second step and it goes like this make disciples what is a disciple it is to share the gospel, to, to make sure someone comes to know Christ. And as they come to know Christ, then to teach them all that he's commanded. And, and some of you are saying, well, it is, isn't it just evangelism? It, isn't it enough to just know that you know Jesus? And I want to tell you, yes, for heaven. But if your life doesn't change after that, you're still in a mess. You're still in a mess. And so as God has set this up, it goes like this. Go, make disciples. What is a disciple? Someone who knows Christ, knows Christ, and is following and knowing and obeying what he said. These are the two components he he lays before us. To teach them. uh, To teach them what? To observe all that I have commanded. As I consider this, sometimes uh, we get this all confused. We say, well, we'll just try to teach them all that... He's commanded, but we're not going to worry about them coming to know Christ. I want to tell you, it's both. Because we're not, we're not here just trying to make good people uh, that when they die, they go uh, experience a Christless eternity. We're in, in this discipleshiping uh, task or charge because it involves eternity. Teach uh, to observe all that I have commanded you. And this is my favorite part of this passage, this next part. I even remember it in Greek. I won't show off. I don't really remember it that well, but I I remember being excited in Greek when I figured this out, okay? Um, He says this, Jesus says this, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um. You've had bosses before. They lay out what you're supposed to do. And it's a huge task. You're unsure of yourself to do it. They lay it out before you and they give you deadlines. And this is, you got to get this done. And then they walk away and say, good luck. You're on your own. You get what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, I give you this monstrous task of the nations. I give it to you. This is what you're to be doing. Since we're in a new kingdom, I'm the new king. I'm the resurrected king, all authority. I give this to you, uh, but I want you to know this. It's your task, but I am with you forever. I'm with you in that task forever. I I don't leave you alone. I am with you. I am participating with you. I I want you to know that uh, this may seem like a daunting task for you and for me, but to know that Jesus is in it with us forever, we can do it. We can do it. By His strength, not our own. I realize uh, we're going on, and I realize it's the week after Easter, and should give you a break. I'm not going to. Uh, I have seven. I have seven takeaways from the Great Commission. Seven. I know I usually have three, and so that's getting greedy times two plus. Um, pretty good with math. Um, number one, number one, here it goes. Takeaways from the Great Commission. And I hope this is helpful to you, okay? Be and do, be and do. Be and do. Uh, And you say, what does be and do mean? It means be a disciple, be a disciple. You can't lead, you can't show uh, for things that you aren't right now. I I think about this when I think about uh, being a a a father. uh, And you want your kids to be something, you want, and, and I realize that I need to be. And I realize my inadequacies, but that's why there's the grace of the gospel, right? That we are a follower. We are not the one to be followed. We are the ones who are dependent upon the Savior just as our children will be, just as our neighbors should be, just as our co-worker needs to be. We need to be a disciple. And then as we are disciples, we do call others to be disciples as well if we are a disciple then we go and make disciples second second takeaway uh, it's not complicated it's not complicated we have complicated this because we complicate everything right uh m- write a book about it right books already been written why are there so many books about discipleship why have some of us bought them and Maybe not read them. Maybe have read them. I don't know. Have they changed? I want to tell you, it's not complicated. It goes like this. Be a learner and share what you've learned. Uh, I had one professor in in seminary. uh, He would say, among the blind, the one eye is king. And I used to sit there going, what is he saying? He goes, you don't need to know much. You just need to know a little bit more and share that little bit you know. Be a learner, be a learner, and then share what you know. It's not, it's not difficult. Some of you are wondering about your parenting, and I want to say, uh, share with your kids what you know about the risen Savior. Share them with them. And if they ask you a question you don't know, laugh and go, I need to go figure that out because I don't know. Let's learn together because you're a follower of Christ and I'm a follower of Christ. We're we're fellow followers of Christ and I want to tell you it's not complicated. Be a learner and share what you have learned. Point everyone to Jesus, not to self. Everyone. Number three, don't give up. Don't give up. Not because of discouragement, not because it didn't work, not because of anything, this is the job he's left us with. Uh, it's easy to give up. Uh, we're we're a we're a church of quitters, church of quitters. We look at things and we go, "Oh, it's just too difficult. It's too hard." You know, we uh, we say, "Hey, you know, I I, I want to do this," and we try it, and maybe we extend our hand and try to share with someone. And they go, oh, they didn't like it. Forget it. Forget it. Or maybe you had a great failure in your life. And maybe you tried to uh, be someone who was fixed on uh, the the charge of Jesus. And when you were young and you say, well, I've wandered so far. I want to say this. Don't give up for anything. The success of this is not based upon us. It's based upon Jesus. And he said he'd be with us. And so we just got to get at it after it. And if we have a failure today, guess what we should do tomorrow? Start again. To be mindful that we are about making disciples. Number four, this is of everyone, the nations. And I want to say it very differently than you maybe have heard it. You know what this means, the nations? It means Tehachapians. You get that? Some of you say, I'm, I'm not called to, to missions. I say, Yes, you are. In fact, you're called to missions that, that God has placed you in a specific location right now. I want to tell you, parents and grandparents, you, you know what? That's your first mission field, your kids. That's your first. Those are your disciples. They need you. And you say, Well, I don't have all the answers. We already went over this, didn't we? Uh, we already went over this. I, I, you want to take the moments of your day. I was talking to a young man uh, the last couple of days, and um, he was with a younger man. And I said, I said, buy him a donut and tell him, about, tell him what you know about God. That's discipleship, right? You spend time with people and you tell them what you know. Donuts work, I'm telling you. It's a bridge of the gospel, right? Uh, I want to tell you that that this is of the nations. That means Tehachapi. I want to tell you that there are people to be reached right here that God wants you to be a part of the uh, disciple-making process. Number five. Number five, we're getting there. Don't replace knowing about disciple-making, talking about disciple-making, or thinking about disciple-making with disciple-making. I want you to get this. We might say, you know what, I need to memorize this passage. You should memorize this passage. But just because you memorize the passage doesn't mean you've made a disciple. Buy a book. If you feel like you need a book, uh, buy a book. There's a lot of good ones out there. But just because you bought a book doesn't mean you're making disciples. You should read it, too. You should talk about it. Come in, and if you have questions, you know, we'd love to talk to you about making disciples. But just because you've done all this outward activity does not mean that you've made disciples. Making disciples means talking to someone. Talking to someone. Being a disciple, sharing what you know with them in hopes that they would be a follower as well. This is what it is to make a disciple. Number six, number six, you are not alone. You're not alone. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because you're not alone. If you're alone doing this, there's reason to fear. There's reason to fear. But Jesus said, I will be with you even at the end of the age. I, I'm not one who's a temporary, I'm going to be with you. And then when the going gets tough, I'm out. Jesus said, I'll be with you forever. And then lastly, I'll just say this, and hopefully maybe we'll get back to this in the months to come. Teach from your failures and the Lord's victories. Teach from your failures and the Lord's victories. Um, If you tell a disciple, uh, someone who knows a little bit less than you, maybe is a little bit younger than you, that your life is awesome and they should be like you, That ends the conversation Um, because they go, "Uh, I don't feel like this is real. My life is filled with failures. Are they telling me that their life is not filled with failures? I want to tell you, your failures are are, uh, a springboard into someone's life to disciple them. If you start talking about how great you are, they're gone. They're gone. So teach from your failures. Teach from your failures. And the second part of that is uh, share of the Lord's victories. Share of the Lord's victories. And those go together, don't they, right? My failure, the Lord's victories. I was a mess. The Lord rescued me. I I had this problem. The Lord got me through it by his strength. That's a great message. And so it very easily goes to this disciple and says this. You might be a mess too. And that same Lord that was enough for me, the victories that that he has brought to me in my life, his victories can be in your life as well as you follow him. This is what it is to make disciples. And I want to say this is the singular message at the end of the book of Matthew that we are to go and do. Please join with me in prayer. God, I ask that you would make us a church that is fixated on making disciples, that we're not making excuses of why we're not investing in others, Uh, that we wouldn't make excuses of why we're not pursuing you, but that we would be about uh, serving and following the risen King, the new risen King the king that is like no other, and building his kingdom, a kingdom that is like no other. God, we ask that you would do your work in your church and that you would be glorified here in this church. Protect us that we might follow you and that you might be honored here in this place and in our our city as well as around the world and the nations. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.